Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It is the Blue Room. It is our transfer deadline day special. And the only thing special about it at the moment, as we start recording this, a quarter past ten is that Everton are the only team in the Premier League that have not strengthened their squad this summer. Uh, in fact, they've got weaker. And we've got 45 minutes left off the deadline, but I think we've all seen the pictures of Sean Dyche going home. Uh, who knows if Kevin Felwell even turned up? Uh, today, he seems to have had a lovely month off, aside from welcoming managers into the building uh, and escorting them out. But I am joined by Rob Vera and Cy Magna. Dave Downey will be joining us shortly as well. And Cy, could Everton have got this more wrong this month? And I know today's been a an absolute disaster, and it just they just seem to be flinging money at any centre forward. Um, in European football and seeing if they were they were going to come. But, I mean, it is just the cherry on top of one of the worst months in the history of the football club, I'd say. It, it's got to be, like, the, the worst. I think if they if they could have planned to have the worst month in, in, in the history of the football club, they wouldn't have pulled it off as magnificently as, as they've done this <laughs> month. It's, 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 it's that, it's great. It's, it's totally grim, not only of, of the... Absolutely messed up. Probably the most important transfer window we we we've we've had to deal with. They've totally alienated the fan base. You know the the the, the fan base was always kind of split, wasn't it? In, in terms of like support of the board and certain board members and and um and. It's it's always been split, but after after the last couple of weeks, well, not even weeks, it's 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 months. They've just, I don't even, I can't even explain what's 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 going on. I'm I'm at a loss for words, which is not a good thing for being on a being on a podcast. Yeah, I'm I'm sure you're 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 warm to it, mate. Um, because there's there's plenty to talk about. I mean, Rob, it's you know, I, I think we we've done so many transfer shows down the years together. And I think we always, midway through a window, have a little joke about maybe they're just not going to sign anybody. And this window was the one where it was like, right, surely they're going to have to sign somebody because this is the worst team or the joint worst team in the league. And then we get that 40 million up front for Anthony Gordon. Everyone's feeling good over the weekend saying, right, of course they're going to invest that in the squad. Because say what you want about Anthony Gordon, he was a first team player. He was one of the only three wings we had at the time. We've only got two wingers now. He played as a centre-forward at times last season when our main centre-forward was out injured. 
Um, surely they're going to use some of that money to replenish the squad. And remarkably, we sit here with 40 minutes to go before the deadline. And the worst squad in the league, or the worst squad in the league, has got weaker and everybody else has got stronger. Rob, are you there? Sai, are you there? I'm here, Matt. I'm here. Yeah. I think I think Rob's had enough. Yeah. Uh, uh, no, 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 no. Oh, are I'm you there? Here. You're there. Okay. I'm absolutely here. I even started saying some really smart shit, too. And then, you know, the mute button. Uh, I mean, that pretty much sums up the day, doesn't it? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, well, Matt, look, you, you summed it up really well. Um, and what I'm not going to do today is... Um, give you guys the the same long summary and litany of all of uh Everton's uh downfalls and 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 mistakes and uh blatant incompetence. I mean, there's just I mean, we don't even have time. Like if I wanted to try to talk about that, I think we would hit some kind of zoom time limit we're not really aware of, but I I, I think that I'm I'm at the point where, you, you know, there was a word you said, Matt, uh, when you talked about sort of our gallows humor about these discussions over the years around the transfer window. Something that despite supporting Everton, by the way, I've always this has always been a time of year I've thoroughly enjoyed, Matt. So you can imagine how I feel about just having no players to talk about <laughs> like it's so it's so weird and, and even the links weren't strong enough to really get me talking about any of them it was just such a turgid response and it was um like sometimes i think well the the as bad as everton are at least i can kind of predict you know exactly what they'll do they'll always just do the most disappointing thing but they they managed to not only do the most disappointing thing this time they still managed to surprise me because it just seemed unfathomable especially after uh the danjuma thing fell through and they clearly were acknowledging that they have a need uh, that has to be met and it, and no matter what um that they then bank 40 million for Anthony Gordon and then still don't go and address the need and it's so it's just like throw it on top of all the other things but I never really saw this coming I I did I I I I saw it coming starting about 24 hours ago I put out a poll on Twitter about how many players do you think Everton will sign by the end of the day tomorrow I put zero, one, two, and three plus as an option, what have you. And the leader was at 36% was zero players. So you had a full third of the fan base that was already just like, yeah, you can see where this is going. Cause I, you know, we all recognize those vibes and vibes are unscientific. I can't draw them. I can't exactly define them, but you, it's just those, those, those feelings. And we know the feeling going into the last 24 hours when Everton haven't done the business that they're supposed to do. We all know what that feeling is like when we're like, they're not going to do it. But yet even today, I just thought, you know, maybe I'm being too cynical because they just absolutely have to do something today. And maybe they're going to sign Andre Ayew tomorrow and say, look, we did something, you know, I don't know. But 
I think the question that I'm beginning to move on to now are questions that go beyond what we've talked about so many times, Matt. It's like, what are they doing? Why are they so incompetent? Why are they so committed to being incompetent? And despite changing positions and, you know, and and not changing other things and seeing it always fail with their approach. And surely they would look at it long enough and be like, you know, this isn't working. We should try something different. And yet every time they do, it still turns out the same way, even, you know, regardless of what they say, they just never seem to find a way to make that turn in the way that almost every other club can. And so now I'm moved on to the question of, there's no question this matters to all of us. And it matters to me. I just wonder from a fan relationship perspective to this club, and there's nothing more sacred than the relationship between a football club and its and its supporters and, and its true like bloodline fans, especially. I'm a second class citizen in, in that regard, and I fully acknowledge that. But at, at some point, we all have to answer a question for ourselves of what do we continue to owe to this relationship? And I'm not saying that I have an answer as to what that is or what you should or shouldn't do as a supporter, or I'm calling for any kind of specific action, but I do think it's a question that personally and individually, when we're alone and we're thinking about why we care about Everton so much and what Everton mean to us, there there does come a point where we have to grapple with that question of what do you continue to owe to what is frankly an abusive one-sided relationship that, you know, for, for this sustained period of time. And, and I don't know what my answer is and I don't pretend to know what the answer is for anyone else, but I think it's really time that, that a lot of people have to start asking themselves tougher questions than, you know, can we find a director of football that works or what have you, (laughs) this thing, this thing needs a fundamental rethink. And to the point I've been trying to make until Mashiri is gone, there's no salvaging this relationship for many of us. Yeah, I mean, it's been so bad today that Rob is ready to break up with Everton. Um, it, it would seem... I'm not saying I'm breaking up. <laughs> I'm saying that I'm asking questions that I never thought I would ask myself. Yeah, uh, Dave <laughs> does join us now as well. We've only just started, Dave, just get the lads' thoughts on the the day in, in general. And, you know, when Rob was speaking there, it's... Reminded me of Is he okay? Is Rob okay? <laughs> yeah, I think so. <laughs> um, it just reminded me of that that sign, I think, at one of the um the rallies against the, the Tories where it said our ex- our expectations were low, but holy fuck. Like, I mean, <laughs> just, you sort of expect everything to be bad, but to somehow end this window worse than what they started, it's just mm. it's it's unfathomable levels of incompetency that even I thought were, were below Everton, and and the way in which they've gone about it today, just you know, bidding for players like Giroud, I've seen, you know, Ishmael Assar, Aubameyang, Beto from Udinese, you know, how many names have been mentioned by serious sources today that Everton have gone after, and they've just lashed money out without any kind of thought process about what they're doing. It's it's, it's just an absolute shambles, isn't it? And like I said. I thought I thought this football club had reached an idea, but they've plunged right below that um, with what they've done in the last twenty four hours or so. Well, I think that's um, that, that's also something to think about that we haven't we haven't hit the the lows that you've referred to there. Going, you know, 
beneath the low. Um, that we, you know, we can't all talk to each other and say what's the worst Everton can come to because we can't even say that it's going to get to this level and then it won't be that bad. Um, I think the chat we had the other day talking about uh, eventually when Dice was announced and look, that's an issue in its own that it took that long since you know he had the Everton job what on Friday, didn't he? Um, and we we were waiting that long for that to be approved or just ticked off by the club and you know they signed what they needed to sign and his contract and whatnot. And then I guess when when he was talking and I watched his interview a couple of times and he was saying a lot of things that I was impressed with, things that I'd expect him to say in regard to what he did do about the group of players. And he was saying, you know, I need to assess them and you know, I know we've got some good players and things like that. But I guess the thing now you look back with, with hindsight where he said that you know, we'll, we'll try and we'll try and do what we can. And again, this is not verbatim, but he was saying that it was almost it's more important to check out what this squad's like before. If we can do any business, we'll do it. And that sort of narrative in which he, he spoke towards the end of his, his interview. And lo and behold, the, the the picture, I think the image that will sort of stay with us for a long time, certainly until the summer, where we can actually act, you know do something with this squad was him leaving the club at what was it twenty to ten. When he left the club, and I think Dominic King put it on his Twitter and said that that's clearly the the, the sign that there's no more business for Everton tonight. They've concluded trying to do what he wants to do. Um, to see that and the fellas only been in the job for a couple of days, yeah, um, yeah. you know, it, it makes me it makes me fear his his job now. Um, and I'm, I'm not talking like that in in terms of you know, it, realistically we go and lose a home to Arsenal. Realistically, we go and lose away. Liverpool, and then we're, you know we're looking at Leeds and Villa and all that, and the the February is massive for us, isn't it? But I um I I have sympathy for the fella, but I think for those who who with like oh we've got Sean Dyche and he's a really good manager who organises his side and makes sure they don't concede any goals and things like that. I think people right now are waking up and seeing just how difficult this is going to be for them, and. Sadly, I mean, people obviously take the piss out of me and how miserable I am about seven, even when they win games. But I said, I, I think regardless who've got the job, we'll be going down. And and I think I'm going to double down on that right now. I don't see how we stay in the Premier League, regardless of who the manager is. Yeah, and, you know, you look at the squad now as well, Sai, and, you know, you, we've got a fair few centre-backs there, um, despite a lot of reports about potentially shipping one out. Uh, our right back for the foreseeable future is Seamus Coleman. Um, we've got Mikalenko, a left back who is seemingly, um, you know, the only viable option there. With with Vinagre not really getting a sniff, um, we've got two wingers at the football club now after Anthony Gordon left, and, and one of those is, is Dwight McNeil, who has perpetually stunk the gaff out this year. And up front, we've got Dominic Carvalhoon who can't stay fit, and Neil Morpé who scored. One goal. I mean, it's 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 a really sorry state of affairs, isn't it? And, and yet again, the club have gone through another window without addressing any kind of replacements for a centre forward who we rely on so much and who we're going to rely on so much with this new style of play. You'd imagine that Sean Dyche is going to implement. And I think he's not even been on training photos this week, which have maybe got people worried. He can't do two sessions back-to-back at the moment or even do shooting practice. It's, I mean, it's it's, it's winging a prayer stuff this now, isn't it? I mean, I, th- I think people could have probably told you this time last year that we that we were likely to lose one of, if not both, Richarlison and, and, and Carver-Lewin in the, in the, you know, last summer. 
So why we're in the situation now where the only replacement striker? I mean, we 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 we've even lost the striker in in Rondon, haven't we? Whether you could call him a legitimate striker or football player or whatever you want to, you know, label him as. Um, you know, he was still another body on on the team sheets who's who's not there now. Um, and and I think it's it's telling as well that actually one of the main issues that we've that we've got as well in the defense, nothing's been really we, we've not really even been linked with any any defenders at all through through throughout this window. And you know, given given the fact that if if you can't score goals to win games, you've got to be sure as hell as you're gonna keep them out at the other end to try and win your points at least. We 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 can't even do that, and you know we're looking at defenders who are, you know, Connor Cody struggling to get struggle to get into the Wolves team. We'll give you we'll we'll give you a first team place. James James Tarkovsky um, got relegated with with Burnley last year. We'll give you we'll give you the first team place. We we labelled them with you know these these leader categories that um, you know when they first came into the club and during the summer and and it started off all, you know up pretty in the garden but you know once the once the weather turned and and you know we started getting into the late nights and all all that form seems to go out the window and now we're stuck where we're stuck uh we, we can't score goals and we're, we're shipping them away and it's um it's just you you, you could legitimately look at the, the squad there and, and say apart from jordan pickford and maybe despite you know, a dip in form, Alex Iroby. We, we we need a, a complete and utter overhaul of of everyone. We needed to bring in fifteen players. It's not realistic, obviously, but the fact that we've actually, have done it. <laughs> well, well, yeah, but the fact that we've we've gone into to, I think Dave, you were saying in 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 one of the the podcasts earlier in the week, it's it's probably the most important window. Out of you know, um, out, out of the history of the club, and we've come out of this weaker. It's it's just, it's 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 it's. it's I, I can't get my head around it. And what what's like, what I can't um stop thinking about is ten ten years ago, over ten years ago now, myself and a, a couple of other um people went down to London and, and met with Bill Kenwright, the the infamous meeting. And we talked about the state of the club. Um, we talked about um Blackburn with a hot topic at the at the time. And one of the things that you know Bill Kenwright turned around to to me in particular and said is at least we're not Blackburn, at least we, we haven't got the Venkies in. And I just, I, just, I just looked at him and thought, is that is that how, how you measure yourself? You know. Is, are those the kind of people that you 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 measuring yourself on? And if you now it's ten years down the line, and it's mad to think that you know all this was happening ten years ago. It, it it's in, it's incredible that like how quickly the times passed and what's happened in 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 between. And when you think about it, and you and you're looking at what the the, the state the club are in at the moment, what we're doing or what we're not doing, everything that's happened in the past month. You take what he's said there 10, 10, 11, 12 years ago, whenever it was, and he's he's the chairman. 
and he's still, you know, he's got massive influence in what goes on behind the scenes and influencing the mentality, which is one of the probably the most important things that gets overlooked in 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 the football club is the mentality. We, we've we've said that before when we've um in the past when we've played bigger teams and you know we've failed to 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 um to win and go to you know go to to um the big six or whatever you want to call them the grounds and and, and pick up points where lesser teams have done it and you know we've it's always pointed at them you know the mentality the squad the mentality but it's 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 endemic within the club it's 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 the core of the club is is, is this these perennial underachievers. And and it's been brought in and it's been cultivated for the you know since well you know it, we talk about bringing knives to gunfights under David Moyes and you know how long ago was that? If, the, if the prop... was... Sorry, sorry, go on. No, no, that, I was I was rambling to be honest, Matt. I, no, I, no, I, thought, I just I, I just thought point... you'd, you'd finish me, but like I, I, I totally agree with everything you're saying, and it sort of feels like that that attitude you said about you know at least we're not. Club X or Club Y, which we are very much look like we're on the, on our way to being. Admittedly, you know, it always felt like that was there, and that was an issue at Everton. But for me, it's like that that's still there. But the introduction of Farhad Mashiri into this this mad mix and this this you know incompetent football club with people with terrible mentalities is just completely expedited our decline into being a team that. Has got people there who have got maybe not got the right mentality that are maybe slowly getting things wrong and everything is slowly starting to unravel into this cataclysmic, you know, laughing stock really and, and and circus and and that's sort of the way it's gone and I'll I'll come to you now, Rob, because I think what what else this window has done is that you know it feels as though there's there's been a lot of people down the years you know going back to what Sai said there you know I remember being. At games where people who were protesting against the board had been laughed off, where Bill Kenwright's face was put on a screen and, and people were applauded. And there's always been that that split in regards to the people running the football club. I think up until relatively recently, but what these last few weeks seem to have done for me is just the whole world has seen it now. Like th- this mm-hmm. this this month and the way in which Everton have gone about various things from what happened before that Southampton game. To the way in which um, Farhad Mashiri's been going on radio stations, writing open letters, doing these weirdly cut interviews with the club. Um, you know, it's been PR gaff after PR gaff. It's been transfer failure after transfer failure. Yeah. All, all of this is there for the world to see now. And, and it feels as though everybody, including all the Everton fans, have sl- slowly and, well, and maybe in the case, some immediately realized that. These people at the top of the football club and, uh, you know, Farhad Mashiri, Bill Kenwright, Denise Barrett-Baxendale, Kevin Fellwell. It, you know, it feels like a sweeping reactive statement, but right, sitting here right now, it feels like absolutely none of them are fit for purpose. Absolutely not. I mean, the entire, the entire organization should be completely... I mean, I don't even know. There's not enough hyperbole to convey how they should all be gone. And I mean, Cy made some really good points about Ken Wright. And I think that there is, you know, even if he has such a tiny financial bit of control of the club now, 
there's no question that there's something about his presence there that stinks up the air. You know, it, it poisons the, it, 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 it puts a ceiling on any kind of sustainable progress, not just be, not because he has, um, he can control things as much as I think some people probably attribute, but he is absolutely in ways that are tangible and intangible, very, very, um, he still he still carries a lot of of weight or not even carries weight he still just has an an impact i don't even know how to describe it it's so bizarre and and yet every time i think about that um i still believe that where everton have been if you really want to think they're sinister i mean where everton have got it right is that they have you know, at least in a self-serving manner, is that they've refused over so many years to clarify how decisions are made, who makes them, what people's roles and remits are, et cetera. And what that does over time is, is it gets these little factions going with all of our fans where we have one person that we blame more than we blame someone else. And then there's a lot of infighting about it and so on. I mean, I do think that there that that group is more and more unified in, in believing that it, it really starts with all of them. It's no longer no one is 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 innocent anymore. And so um, for me, if Bill Kenwright still has this kind of outsized influence at the club, despite his financial standing there, then that's on Farhad Mashiri for empowering him. That is on Farhad Mashiri for listening to him, um, you know, and so on. I think that. Mashiri is, I think he is, he is the kind of person that is the quintessential tale of someone who got rich by being really good at something. Mm. And, and he was really good at one thing and then took that success and decided, well, I clearly would be a great business leader. I should have my own business. I should do all of these other things. And Yet he's shown time and time again that he is incapable of competency. He is incapable of of empowering those with competency. He is uh, unable to, um, at, at the end of the day, regardless of the mechanics, get basic things done. This month calls for basic things to be done. And for them to not be done is just another slap in the face, especially after what looks like now pocketing 40 million in pure profit and not reinvesting even a small amount of that back into some very basic needs uh, inside the squad. And so it's just, I'm done. It's hard for me to, to squint and think, well, maybe if these things go right, we'll, we'll scrape by and we'll survive. And I'm like, yeah, we did that last summer and and nothing changed when everything should have changed. And we're right now we're actually in a worse off spot than we were last season, which is hard to fathom, but that's where we're at. And so because we're there, it just is a reminder that until you kind of cut the head off the snake, this is going to continue to be this way. And, and it is just, it's just a perpetual insult to the fans. And it's hard for me to, it it makes it hard to, to, to stay passionate about this thing because it's just it's it's deadening at this point yeah and you know dave as well it it, it also makes you think that you know how 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 bad are the finances 
Like, how how bad is our financial situation when we can't even spend, as Rob said, their forty million in, in pure profit that would have looked fantastic on the books in regards to FFP. Um, you know that that in itself is obviously worrying for right now, but it, it also makes me think that if they can't spend that now, you know what's going to happen if they, they go down and and they, you know they lose all, all that money as well. It's it's you know, and I know we're thinking right now about the immediacy and trying to get points on the board and and for the football club to to stay in the top flight. But I mean, Jesus Christ, what's what's going to happen if they go down a division? Well, I mean, the, the first thing, I mean, I hate, I hate to talk about this and it's uncomfortable to talk about it if we do go down as much as, like I said there, I don't think this has been on the cards for a while um, because you, you can't cheat cheat death in many ways because many people are saying that on, on social media right now, this is the death of Everton tonight, given that they didn't bring anybody in despite the fact we're 19th in the Premier League. We If we go down, um, what parachute payments come in and all that, I haven't looked at that for a while, I'll see how they work these days. But then you've got a owner who will be desperate to sell. Um, I'm not sure what state that leaves the stadium in, which he said he was still looking for investments and whatnot. That's that's a bit up in the air anyway. And obviously we're all really confident it's nearly finished. I mean, what I say uh, finished, how, how sad is that as well? You know, that, oh, yeah. that, that stadium now, Dave, whenever I go past it, I, I don't even you don't even get excited about seeing it anymore. You think, fucking hell, that's gonna cost us a lot of money. And you know that that's that's the first thing that goes for you, right? It, it feels more of like a a financial millstone now than this sort of a, a chance for a great new hope, doesn't it? Well, how many how many of us, and, and I'm included in this, how many of us viewed that stadium as something that gave us real hope? Um, and I'm not just talking that in in sort of like a fantasy sort of scenario where we think, oh, can you imagine playing them in the derby when we've got fifty odd thousand fans and all that sort of thing? They're, they're the nice things you look at probably closer to the time, but. Given, given how much decline we've been on since Mashiri actually took over and then getting into a scenario where we are now, um, plus the fact that that, that stadium still needs funding, um, it, it, it feels really, really shameful. Can you imagine having, having younger ones who, who you've got into support in Everton and you know you get them little kits and all that, and you say to them, oh, one day it's going to be amazing, I'm going to take my little kids in there to watch Everton in in one of the best stadiums in in the country and all that stuff, that that, that looks like it's it's going away now, doesn't it? That doesn't even look like a a future that we can even talk about in in any sort of confidence, um, and and that's that's down to just an attitude of so many people. I mean, have any of you been as naive to think that Everton are going to get this sorted? How long's the last time each of you thought, yeah, we look we look like we're going to be all right here, we're going to we're going to rise the ladder. We're going to be a decent, you know, Europa League club, perennial, you know, European decent games in league cups and things like that. I mean, I I can't think back of a time where I felt really confident about that. Other than when the irony is that um, Mashiri came in and spent a load of money on pure shite, and then that's that's what we have left is pure shite. That that team. I can't look at that squad and just take dice away from it for one moment. He's going to have to be a miracle worker to keep that team up. Because when, when you look at what's going to happen, and look, podcast-wise, we've got all sorts to do about this, which is like quite a, quite a fearful thought, isn't it, at the moment? But you look at the two games we've come up with Arsenal-Liverpool, we, I, I would expect us to be comfortably adrift 
in the bottom three. Probably bottom, but it doesn't really matter, does it? Any any spot of those bottom three. I I would think that Everton haven't got staying in the Premier League in their own hands. Well, this is, is this the worst squad in the Premier League now? Well, I, I don't know if you've seen that the stats I saw, but we're the only Premier League club that didn't get any players in this month, um, which, which says a lot when we've banged on about how crap they've been for a long, long time. In the worst, um, I haven't seen what Southampton have been like with Ward Prowse and I haven't seen what uh, Wolves look like, like, like they are now. The fact that we're not 20th is the only reason why you, you could possibly say or fathom that Everton, Everton aren't the worst club in the league. But Matt, hey opinion. Matt, if you if you consider the fact that we were almost relegated last season and we got yeah. worse, like we have to be, you know, I think we sometimes like to think, yeah, we're really not that bad. We we were a relegation squad that lost Richarlison. And so and now Anthony Gordon and who were pretty integral in keeping us up and we barely stayed up. So yes, I we don't we have if if performance is actually the indicator of that we've got to be the worst club in the league over the last twelve to twelve to eighteen I just, months. I just I just can't get over the fact we've got we've got two wingers for for, for, a, for, a, for a manager who plays almost exclusively four four two. It's it's like what what what's go what's going Tom on? Tom Davis, come on down. You know, Seamus oh. Coleman. You're gonna have everyone playing every, you know, every perimeter player playing a wing position at some point. I like do you know what Sai as well? Like it's it's really you know, I'm not got a huge amount of sympathy for him in admittedly at this point, but you know, Sean Dice has, has come into this job. He's already got a brutal start in, in terms of fixtures, which you know, me and you, Dave, are trying to put a positive spin on earlier in the <laughs> week, but bloody hell. Um and you know, there's people were at the Finch Farm tonight with banners. There are people at Goodison Park putting banners up tonight. There's going to be a protest before the Arsenal game. There's going to be a sit-in afterwards. It's like they haven't really given, they haven't really even given this fellow a chance before he's he's taken his first game. It's 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 so so poor on his higher ups' point of view, isn't it? That they they've not only well, hamstrung in in terms of a yeah. squad, but it's just the mood around the football club, you know, as well. You know, two signings and all of a sudden people are bouncing into that game against Arsenal thinking, right, come on, fresh manager, new players, here we go. And instead, as much as we're all going to go, and I imagine everyone's going to get behind the team and, and try and rally them on the day, that that lingering sense of, of toxicity and, and crisis, it's just, it's just going to be irrepressible, isn't it? It's probably the hardest job any Premier League manager in the history of the Premier League has has taken on board in terms of the size of the club and and what he's had to deal with. You know, we joined second bottom. Um, As Rob pointed out, you know, it's not just just this transfer window that we've gone into and come out worse. It's successive transfer windows now. But I don't know about feeling sorry for him. Like, he's... He's coming. He's coming to the club, and I, I, you know, we don't know what's been said behind closed doors. What you know, if he's been um, promised, you know, player X, Y, and Z, or whatever. Um, I'm, I'm sure that there was money available. I, I just, you know, when, when you, when you're looking at when, when players are looking at the club from the outside, and why, why would, why would anyone want to join us? And that's, you know, th- those kind of playing options have been running dry for the last couple of years, haven't they? Really, those big name players. Um, but. You know he's he's been aware of the situation. He, he, he can't escape 
the you know how how Frank Lampard was treated. You can't escape how you know some of the players found out that you know Lampard got sacked by listening to talk sports. So he, he he knows the situation that he's he's coming into, and he and he knows as well that you know ultimately, um, he was he was second choice behind Bielsa, and 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 that's um, you know when you consider the the day we've had the months that we've had, you know why the why the hell did we just not say to Bielsa, yeah okay, we'll we'll take we'll take it on in the summer, you come and do the under twenty ones, come and do the under twenty ones, yeah. yeah. We'll, we'll we'll just we'll just accept that relegation because Jesus Christ we're like we've we've not done anything <laughs> one you know it's what it's one job isn't it that you know that the, these these guys um in the boardroom have got to do this month and that's strengthen the squad and they've not done that so what which you know why why are we why are we messing around with the pretense that you know we we're, we're going to fight for our Premier League survival because. The, the, how how can you? What have this squad done in this season, last season, years before? You know, it's progressively got worse. What if the what what's the squad done to convince anyone within that club that we've got a fighting chance? You, you know, even someone who's not ever watched football before, if they've come in and and watched Everton Football Club, you know, in you know from October onwards and and and. Surely the, you know, even even the daftest pundit would look at that and go, Everton needs to strengthen badly, and and we've not done it. Sorry, Rob. Matt, it's just, point. It's just, it's just mad. Matt, I, I was just going to ask you, um, mm. and obviously I don't want to put you on the spot because you're one of my best friends. But you know when we were speaking about Mercedes the other day, I know what you're going to say. And yes, and, I think you were right. Let's just leave it at that. Well, well, can I just say to the listeners, <laughs> if you haven't listened to it, is what, what we were talking about, and obviously I'm not going to say um, about Matt and try and, you know, um, say anything negative about us, but we were talking about Machiri. If, if, you, if people uh, want to know what you're talking about, they, they should go back and listen. Uh, <laughs> all right, I'll just, just say, I'll just say one sentence. <laughs> I, I personally think that Farhad Machiri is a fucking idiot. Um, I said that not only on our podcast recently, but for a while I've been saying, I think the man's an idiot, either that, or he doesn't give a shit about the club. Now, I think you could probably go both ways now when we've seen what's happened since. But when he was on that thing that looks like a porn star boat when he was talking to the uh, FAB team, <laughs> when when he was doing that, he did he not say that we will we we're guaranteed to get a striker along those yeah. lines? Yeah. So so that was done on the Wednesday, wasn't it? Before Wednesday just gone. You know, it was done on the Wednesday before West Ham, by which point That's right, yeah. Dan Juma was kind of booked in to do his medical. Huh. So he was obviously talking he about was not that. a striker, by the way. Um yeah, but he was obviously I think that's what he was talking about, wasn't he? Maybe with Dan in the bag. Then, but well, I mean it just, it just goes to you know, that, that that's what happens when you do an interview on the Wednesday and don't put it out until the Monday. You get things that aren't relevant. I mean, we we, we literally said this after we analysed it, didn't we, Dave? That there were things in that interview. That had clearly been edited out because he'd obviously talked about Lampard, who got sacked after the, the game against, yeah. against West Ham, and then that, that's why it was also weirdly spliced together. I think. You no, know, since, uh, since then, since then, Matt, I've been like Jim Carrey in the number twenty-three. I don't know if you've seen it, where he just writes, 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 <laughs> just all over walls and all that because the number twenty-three's cursed him. I feel like I'm doing that with this fella because when we did that podcast, I wrote reams and reams of stuff. Like, um, just wanted to get on my mind when we were speaking about it what sort of muppet this fella is 
how do you get that sort of attitude that he has? Is, is it pure ego? I'm not sure that's a question that can be answered that, that about this fella. Um, and look, you know, a lot of people will be banging on about, oh, you know, it's typical Everton that we get someone in like that when we finally got a billionaire in. Um, but how poorly this football club has been treated, now poorly it's gone. I, I, I'm, all, I'm almost certain that we'll hear him on the most ridiculous radio station in the world tomorrow morning talking to Jim White saying something about something else and that, oh, if we get to the end of this season, we can go and spend some it'll, money on players in the summer. It'll be, it'll uh, be we tried, won't it? That, that's, oh, that's I mean, that, but Bill's got that ready. He's probably done it already because um, we know what, what Bill's done with all of that. Um, I think now there's a there's a big question, and I'm not necessarily sure I mean this as negative as the others, but what has Thelwell been doing? Um, or has he, has he been, his hands been tied when he's come in? Got a month off by the looks of it. Um, Rob, yeah. <laughs> go, go on. What 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 did you want to say, mate? Sorry. Well, let's talk just to piggyback off what David's, you know, essentially asking is that, you know, the the recruitment process is broken on a lot of levels at Everton, clearly. I mean, on the business from the business side of things, and you think about the Dan Juma thing or what what have you, it's like you know, the deal is closed when the deal is closed, not when you're 98% of the way there, not when you're 95%. Like, and they they are big into the art of almost and having kind of narratives built around why something didn't work out. But yet, like, they'll tell you, hey, we're competent. Trust us. You know, we've got uh, Mashiri basically in that interview I mean, he when he was asked about the board, he's like he he gave something akin to the Trump answer where he says, uh, I only hire all the best people, you know, I mean, and it's just it was so ridiculous for him to to be in an interview setting like that. And and of course, be asked. Que- I don't who knows how those questions were actually delivered to him or, or what have you, but to be asked questions and to say with a straight face that like, no, I trust me, these are all the best people and we've got a process that's working and blah, 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 while they're sitting in 19th. And so from that standpoint, recruitment suffers because of the dysfunction of Mashiri as a businessman. He may have made his money being, you know, some math whiz or an accountant or whatever, but it doesn't mean that he can run a business, which he's demonstrated over and over again. But 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 watch for the narrative to kind of subtly shift into, well, you know, it's a real toxic environment at Everton and blah, 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 with the insinuation being that it's really, you know, our fault, uh, the ultimate gaslighting that 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 Mashiri and his and his board are so incompetent at their work. Now, that's not to say that um, that Everton looks like a real fun place that when you're in (laughs) in a scenario where you might want to switch clubs uh, that, you know, like I can see how some of what's come out and the the last few weeks at Everton in the last couple of years or few years at Everton can be off putting to uh, uh, someone that you're trying to recruit to the club. I understand that. But the the idea that that we are so bad and we are giving off such a poisonous vibe that there are players who have an opportunity to play meaningful Premier League games and earn themselves a next step up in their career, even if it's not with us. The fact that they looked at our situation and were like, nah, I'm good. <laughs> I mean, it just shows you that even being a Premier League side – isn't is, isn't even a pull anymore Everton have become that toxic and that poisonous of a prospect well I, th- I think I heard um I heard today that we we were interested in in one of the lads from Sheffield United but he turned yeah. us, 
but he turned us down because he didn't want to be involved in a relegation scrap. Now, if 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 a Premier League club, an established Premier League club, can't 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 lure a a, um, a championship player, that 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 you know that that's major major problems there. Oh yeah, but I mean, you know, Southampton at the bottom of the table. What, how many players have they signed? Five, six, is it? Yeah. In, in this I, window, you know. Born, I, I look think, how many players Bournemouth have signed. Bournemouth, for the love of God. Yeah. All, 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 all you need to do is, is look at um, is look at the you know what, what's happened over the last six weeks. Sorry, not six weeks. Probably two and a half months. Go going back actually to 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 the two Bournemouth games when Frank Lampard should have been sacked then, but yeah, you know how the club have acted since then up until today. You know, it, it's been a, a complete and utter shambles. You know, Dave was saying about, you know, everyone knew that Sean Dyche was was appointed on Friday, but the club, you know, didn't decide to let us know until, uh, was it yesterday? Um, yeah, it was, yeah. yeah. Does, that, does know, that not make you think that there's, there's actually a reason that they've done that? That they, they, they just they decided to do that because it means oh that takes the pressure off us getting signings in which we don't think we're going to do. I mean, yeah, yesterday I saw that and thought no, that's that's mad. But you look at it, it now. seems, it seems it's, it's the it's opposite just, though, doesn't it? Like, don't you hire Dice because you're like, look, staying in the Premier League is the most important thing, and therefore you go out and spend. So for them to not spend today. I just don't understand how that jives with the decision to like hire a manager who signals that you're all out for Premier League survival. I don't understand it. But isn't it similar to was it a couple of years? Was it? I, I might be wrong here. Was it when Ross Barkley went and he, and he went on the on the on the last the last yeah. minute? Yeah. And it was it was like everyone knew that he was going. Everyone knew he was going to Chelsea. Everyone knew the price. I think Ed, like Everton must have been the last people to know because you know it was announced at the last minute of, of, the, of the window or something like that. And oh, by the way, yeah, we can't reinvest that money because we've run out of time. Could be something similar, similar to that. But I mean, if you, the, the point I was making is, if you look at if you look at um, how the club have acted over the last couple of weeks, you know. That's that's what they're doing in the public eye. What are they doing behind the scenes? Bloody hell! Like if you're a, if you're a you know a, a footballer that wants to come and you know young hungry wants to you, you, looking for that step up, and you'll see and you know what what's happening in the public is is being mirrored and potentially even worse behind the scenes. I mean, the the prime example is you know the uh, the, the 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 struggle between clearly. Uh, Mashiri and Kemwright in 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 the the, the managerial uh, appointments. And so the statement yesterday was hilarious, wasn't it? So si? like it was just it was Kemwright talking about how good Sean Dyche was, and then his final line was "Oh, and far high degrees as well." It's like you know, it's like it's like, it's like, it's like how, how obvious can it could it be that like this, oh god, like, it was always like Mashiri was like right, I'm gonna have a go get my top target. And if that doesn't work, you you feel free to pick whoever you want that, to manage him, and we'll go with them. That's clearly how it's how it's gone. That that's you know that we say it's tongue in cheek, but that, how how else could it have? That's the way it's played out. It's 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 crazy, but that that's it. You know, if if, if players are, are seeing that, you know, play out in the public domain, and then you know if they're getting contacted by by the club and being messed about, and you know. We don't know what was going on with that Dan Jima. We can only assume that, you know, 
what 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 we've heard on the grapevine around you know the 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 um all the media work being done and stuff like that. But you know, as as Dave said, it's it's on the club for not getting that over the line. You know, why why were we why were we bothering with these photo opportunities and interviews if if he's not actually um you know sign the piece of paper that needs to go to the FA or whatever it was that that held it up. You know, th- th- this is what I'm saying before about you know how 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 this attitude is endemic throughout the club. It's not we're not we're not we're not a professional club. We're not a pro- you know I've seen Sunday league teams run better. Um, you know we're getting their players signed on on the on the line before the match. We can't even do that. Yeah. Um. I mean, we'll we'll start to to wrap this up now. Um. I mean, Dave. I'm I'm sure. Like you said, we'll get something tomorrow from maybe who knows another open letter, um, the, the second one of the month, the the fourth one of the season, um, and the they're gonna they're gonna try and push that narrative, aren't they? That we all need to come together, we all need to get behind the team, we all need to try and pull them over the line again. I, I just I just don't think they're gonna get the same reception. And reaction. No, they're not. And listen, like I, I speak to Les about this uh, on on a show in December, saying that you know if it comes down to it, you know if, I think we will. We'll we'll all go there. We'll all we'll all go to that well again. But after the way in which it's been, this this month has been ran. I think the club have lost so much goodwill from the fans for for various things and various PR gaps. But they've lost so much goodwill as well from the fans just by the scattergun ridiculous approach they've taken in this window and, and I think a lot of people to go back to what Rob said you know, and, and I appreciate this is life and death for a lot of people some people will not be able to to detach themselves from it um, but I, I feel like an increasing number of people are just going to shrug their shoulders and go you know what, you haven't done enough to, to try and help us stay, get out of this situation why on earth should I? Mm. Yeah, I, th- I think I think I think we'll see that I think um It'll it'll be interesting to see because you think of clubs that have gone down in the past, a lot of them won't sell out at home. A lot of them certainly won't go away. Um, I think that that's one thing you can probably, and I hope you know, guarantee that we're still going to go. But I think that the, the difference in it, the way it's happening now, is that people will want to go first and foremost this Saturday to express themselves and how disappointed they are in the club, and that's to say it quite um, politely, because others will. No, there's this this the sitting. There's going to be a protest. Give given now, this will this will put many many people over the edge. Like you said, people are so um, connected to the club. You know, personally, I think I've become a lot more connected to the club since I've been so ill for the last eighteen months. Everton side of things, and again, you've as you've referred to it, people who go to work all week. The, the, the you know the, the the pleasure they have in life is from their football at the weekend, working class people and whatnot. Um. To get to this stage now, which is the lowest it's been, and you know, I'm even going far back as when we really were threatened by relegation under Howard, and you know what what happened in '95 and all that sort of thing. Um, it's 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 it feels toxic. We and we, I feel find it hard to speak about it because these are things that we've mentioned before, where the club has sort of threatened to go in that direction, and thankfully it didn't in the end. Now I don't see another way out of this, and. Just the condition of it. That that thing I mentioned yesterday, I, I can't get that out of my head, Matt, about what Dice was saying. And it's blatantly obvious that he's been told that he, he, he's not going to get 
any sort of support from this. You think about getting him as a manager, there's no way we could have gone after anybody who was in a contract with the team because we couldn't, we couldn't afford it or we wouldn't pay for it to get somebody out who you think is going to definitely keep Everton up. That said, like I said before, I don't think anybody can keep this side up. Saturday is going to be really, really sad. Um, and how how we all get together and sort of start supporting this team, who's let us down so much. I mean, that that's the other issue, isn't it? When you just kick the can down the road and think about how this team's done. There's so many that we look at and think, you're a massive letdown. You, I don't want you playing for the football club anymore. It's still got to be these players that, that do something for us. You still got to be showing dice to get a tick out of them. And yeah, it was really nice today seeing that the pictures, funnily enough, the club had released where he's making them run all sorts of laps around Finch Farm and whatnot, and he's laughing at them and all that. Well, that, that that's lovely. We're all saying to each other, oh, look, he's probably going to get them sorted. Yeah, I, I don't trust them. I, I don't trust any of them whatsoever. There's not one, one of them, um, due to the letdown we've seen all season, that I look at and trust and think, do you know what? That lad there is going to be the one who fights for us and keeps us in this league because they're all a gang of shitbags. The owner's a shitbag and the board are still fucking hiding somewhere and won't rock up on, on Saturday and they still put extra security on it saying that we're all going to kick off. Well, it's just a massive joke and somebody's laughing somewhere while we're all all over the place in ourselves. And it's just, you know, look what we do. With, with, and I say this a lot. What we do with the Blue Room and whatnot, the service type thing we provide, putting out podcasts, how many amazing people that we meet through this and how important in my life particular the Blue Room is to me. You know, it, it feels really sad, so, so upsetting what Everton are and what we have to do to talk about them. And I know people love it and we, you know, how popular the things we do are and all that. And I love that. And I'm so grateful for us to be able to do that and people who speak to us. But, you know, at a certain point, it's upsetting. The whole thing is so, so upsetting. And people will still listen to it. And it's just so grim and, and upsetting that, you know, I, uh, I I don't know where this football club goes to because you couldn't say that this is the lowest point of lowest points. There'll be something else because the fellow who owns it is still there. The board is still there. The... the so you know the the load of shape we've got as a as a team is still there, you know. Where it there's no point where it ends because if we go down, that's a big tick away from many many people who just scrap it, many people who just give away the season ticket and not bother going to games. And you know, I, I've heard so many people. I'm sorry to rant on about this, but I've heard a lot of people increasingly say this season that they want us to go down. There was some fella on, I don't know, he was doing one of them space things yesterday, who come on here, I was listening to it before, and said, um, I honestly think that there are people who want Everton to go down so they can kick off at the board even more. Which I think it's a complete nonsense. But th that yeah. club's not coming back. The amount of people that have said to me and others, oh, do you know what, maybe we need to go down for a clean slate and we start again from year zero and then we'll be all right when we come back up. If Everton Football Club went down or will go down, you won't see them again in the Premier League for a long, long time. It'll just go lower and lower and lower because the same people are there still running it. And that's what's incredibly sad about this whole situation. Um, yeah, uh, Sai, have you got any closing thoughts, mate, before we, we throw to Rob to, to finish off? Yeah, it's just, you know, what Dave said there is, is spot on. And it, it, it is sad. It's, it's difficult to put into words because it, it, this just, you know, Last season, obviously, 
we were in a bad position, but this feels a lot more. You know, even going, you know, last season, even going into that Palace game, this this feels a lot more worse. This and it's more drawn out, and that's that. You know, that that's the 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 the, the big sort of like shame about it is, you know, we've got another four or five months of of football to go, and it's going to be a long four or five months because that the the squad the squad is 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 threadbare, and and for the people. Um, you know, I'm not one of these people that was, you know, sits on my high horse and says, "Oh, I told you so." But you know, it, it is frustrating for 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 myself and you know people that have been involved in various groups. Um, you know, when when we were sort of like pointing these these issues out all all this time time ago, like I said, you know, ten ten years, it's it's crazy when I think about it. About you know what's happened in between and and how quick it's gone. But I don't think this was in our worst nightmares, to be honest. And and we just wanted to 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 close the gap with the with the bigger clubs who we thought, you know, we were in in touch and distance with. We never thought that this would, you know, come to this point. And and like I say, I think it's just that the prospect of the next four or five months is 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 grim. And um and Dave's right. It's gonna take it. It's it's gonna get worse before it gets better because you can't be, you can't be a club, in in the championship, um paying for a, you know a, a fifty thousand seater stadium, you know in a situation now where you know our our finances isn't 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 even complete for that that stadium. There's a likelihood that 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 work will stop on that stadium. And, and and I dread to think, you know, when 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 it will. Well, they haven't they haven't got anyone to pay for it yet, have they? Well, that that that's it. And how how do you how do you attract investors in in the championship? You know, the investors that that will, will would inject. You'd be surprised. I think you will. I still think you would. Do you think? Yeah, only because I. And this is just me being my. You know, this is just having worked in business for a long time. I I will tell you that. That would be, especially with a stadium almost completely done and the history and the fan base and all of that, there will be someone on the outside who looks at that and says, I can buy low and get something, you know, with some basic competence and investment, uh, I can, I can spring this thing back forward and I'm going to, and, and once I'm back in the premier league, I can make all my money back and then some. So I, 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 I say that just from a purely almost cynical business standpoint, but notice that that premise starts with new ownership. I agree with Dave. If we, if, if Mishiri still owns this thing, which he's clearly fielding offers, but if he still owns this thing, we're in the championship. I don't fancy us to come back up, uh, anytime quickly just because we're so dysfunctional. But I think if we, if, if there's a new owner then regardless of what happens at the end of this season and and i don't want us to get relegated obviously but it, it's going to take a new owner whether we get relegated or not to to turn this thing around yeah bad day uh we will leave it there uh lads it's been cathartic i'd say it's probably the kindest word i can use um but yeah just just beaten beaten down by the whole thing and yeah, we've got the, the league leaders rocking up. We've actually signed some plays <laughs> themselves today on um on Saturday. So Mate, who, who was didn't didn't he get um uh Jorginho over for 13 million from Chelsea? Yeah, yeah, they signed him. What the yeah. fuck's going on down there? 
Yeah. Chelsea. Um, I think well, it's a podcast for another day, that one. Uh, Chelsea have signed a 120 million euro midfielder, haven't they? Um, just like it's they just, did you see that tweet from Delaney, Matt, that um, that Chelsea accounts for um, a third? A third of all of the of all of England's spending is <laughs> something oh, crazy like that uh, over the course of this. Uh, I, I want to make sure I get this right because this is a really when, when we were talking about the things like it's one thing to be a really incompetent club and it's another to be incompetent in an environment where you already have so much going against you. Right. But uh, yeah, as it stands, the Spanish, German and French leagues all have net net incoming uh, players of at least. Uh, a total of 95 million, um, you know, basically it's about net spend and all this stuff. Premier League has a net expenditure of 650 million pounds and Chelsea currently accounting for around half of that. I mean, it's yeah, just, yeah. it's just, we're not even in, you know, there's so many leagues within this league, you know, all we're asking for is some basic competence and staying in the Premier League. And, and that doesn't even account for how fixed and rigged the whole system is, but, but for Everton to not be good at business in a league where so much is already where the rules are already kind of stacked against them it's just it's it's a death wish it really is and i'll be damned they're about to see that wish come true if they're not careful and it looks like it's headed that way pr team from everton tomorrow will come out with a statement that says we can still sign players who've retired or players (laughs) andre are you no longer have contracts andre are you could still happen that that dream yeah you signed for river plate yeah. Oh, oh shit! Yeah, yeah, he's flying, isn't he? He signed for a huge club, and you know, in South America, you know, he's happy. <laughs> you know what? Dice, Dice would never have been him off. By the way, just as an no, he wouldn't at all. He absolutely wouldn't. No, no. Um, so. <laughs> he'd like it'd be like playing Ashley Barnes and one of the other clowns he had up front, who's like six foot nine. How? how and by Good the way, Dave, how did we not sign some of those just kind of out of central casting? uh basic guys that <laughs> basic dudes from like the the midlands that that he always signed for burnley like why why can't we yeah. get those guys Dan Volks and ashley barnes yeah. who else do you have there dings he was there for a bit wasn't he as well couldn't even get one of like some all these spare to fair dudes in like that no one i mean they just smell death Coming from this club, I'm telling you. I was, I was thinking about this before. Like, I don't know what people brand on a bit, but like, it, it must be genuinely really difficult to not sign a player in, yeah. in a transfer window because you must have so many agents. Now, listen, I, this this has been a problem ever since down the years. Don't get me wrong, and it shouldn't be a transfer strategy. But can you imagine the amount of agents that are trying to get moves for their players and you yeah. know get paid themselves and plays that want to move clubs who aren't happy etc etc like yeah and they're going to say their narrative is going to be that well you know we're trying to you know not fall for that kind of thing we're trying to be to be a smarter club and we didn't want to pay over the you're going to hear words like over over the value or you know players who couldn't improve our current squad you know crap like that it's it's insane it's gaslighting that's what it is it's gaslighting um it, it very very much is uh, we will wrap it up there now. We'll have loads coming up this week, of course, reacting to that, uh, previewing that game against Arsenal. Which, I mean, who knows how it's going to go. Um, <laughs> the voice there, man. I love the voice. It's going to feel like that for every game now. Cause it, I just feel like it's an, every game's like an uphill struggle. Like every, For every football match going in between now and the end of the season, 
we're going to have the worst team on the pitch. He's like, going to just put us 11 behind the ball, Matt. That's what he's going to do for the rest of the season. <laughs> 13 days before the or derby. Then yeah. behind the ball. Yeah. We'll be we'll like we'll be like the outsider in every game between now and the end. Like because we are the worst. We've got the worst squad in the league. Like it's just bad. Right. I'm going to end this now before I start. <laughs> yeah, we all need bed right now. Spiraling. Yeah, I'll be going into the kitchen and necking some bleach. So we'll wrap it up there. <laughs> um, so cheers to Rob. Cheers to Sai. Cheers to Dave. Um, that has been your deadline day podcast. Absolutely nothing happened for Everton. Um, it's going to be grim, but we'll be there for it. We'll speak to you soon. Sports Social Podcast Network.